But uh, it's going to be great this morning. Uh, I'm excited about this word. And at the end, we're just going to have a little bit of uh, ministry time. And uh, the topic that we're in, and, and last week I spoke about, is uh, we the church. And last week I, I spoke about, is, is the character of Jesus evident in your life? Is the ministry of Jesus evident in your life? And, and today I thought is that I would talk about, uh, we the church is God's chosen community. Um, our key scripture this morning is 2 Corinthians. Uh, if you want to have a look there, it's 6, uh, 16. And, and I, I love this statement that uh, Paul brings out. He says uh, this about what, what Jesus said in, from the Old Testament. It says, I will live with these people and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I love that statement that God says. He makes that statement in the Old Testament, but it is so relevant in the New Testament today. And Paul brings it to light. So I really want to have a look at this scripture. I want to uh, take this scripture and at the end, we'll see where it all fits in. You and I are God's chosen community. I don't know whether you realize that. We are his people. Have a look at the person next to you. They are God's chosen. Have a look. Pretty cool. Gorgeous looking church. Amazing looking church. But but sometimes we, we can look at the church... And sometimes when most people think of church is that they think it's an old vacant building with these cool windows sitting on the corner that's empty and dusty. Uh, for other people, they, they look at the church and they think it's, uh, it's really this outdated institution, irrelevant for today's society. And, and I want to make this challenge right here. Look at the person next to you. Are they outdated? Really, really, are you irrelevant? Like if we are to take the true concept of what church is, they're talking about you. You need to take that personally. You need to be offended. And do I do know sometimes, you know, throughout history, the church has been irrelevant. Uh, it has looked daggy. But I believe right now in this day, the church looks amazing. From my position here, it looks, wow, pretty hot. I'm just talking about my wife. But, you know, these things. But for some of us, we need to have a true perspective of what church is. It's you and I joined together as believers. Some people would, would point the finger and say that the church is a place of hypocrites. I love it when people say that. I open my arms and I say, well, welcome. You'll fit right in. <laughs> We're all human. We're not perfect. The last time I, no, I am married. The la, I am ma but the last time I went home, I have offended my wife every now and then. Is it sometimes we just need to get off our high horse, open our arms and say, come, just come and join. Come and be part of this family in the Acts, the early church, they preach this, believe and be baptized, have faith in Jesus Christ and join with the people that believe in Christ. Join with the people that believe in Christ. If you look at a, a constant theme through the book of Acts, it, it was never about, you know, be saved and then walk on your personal journey. And sometimes I think as church, we get that wrong as we say, hey, you know what, make a decision. It's a personal decision. Whatever you decide, see you later. Well, actually, if you look through the book of Acts, 
people were baptized. They were believed in Christ, but then there was this expectation, come and join the body of Christ. Come and step into the fullness of what God has for you. If we look at Hebrews 10, 25, it says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so more, the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, get together, hang out with a purpose. I believe the church is God's chosen community to bring hope to all humanity. I find this, it's a place of belonging. It's a place where people come together with a common cause and that common cause is Christ. It is where God's spirit dwells. It's where God's spirit is. It's where God's spirit will be. Here. We the church, God's chosen community. Ephesians 2, verse 19. And it says this, you are, you are Gentiles, no longer strangers in a foreign land. You are citizens with everyone else who belongs to the family of God. Is that once we were distanced, but because of that decision that we made, we are now citizens of heaven. We are now God's family. And I suppose this brings me to my first point. My first point is this, is we belong here. Is that we belong. We belong here. Is that when we make a decision, we belong to God's community. We belong to a family. We belong as citizens of heaven. I don't know about you, but sometimes... I love the saying is that you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Is it, who knows? Some of us would wish that we could pick our family. Okay, let's be honest. Who wishes that they could pick their family? I, I love that statement. It is so true. But when it comes to God, so we don't really pick our family. Like, have a look at the person. You didn't pick them to be part of this family. I think God chose them. And I love how God is, is that, you know, he loves family and he loves the diversity of family. You think about it, uncle and aunts, you go to a family reunion. You've always got that uncle. You've always got that auntie. You've always got those cousins that you wish you could lock up. You've got first and second cousins. You've got, you know, the parenting styles. You've got all those different things. And it comes into this glorious mess. It's a bit like the church, a glorious mess. Where everyone comes together and all of a sudden, by God's grace and mercy, it just flows. I love family. I love the diversity. I love everything that happens. In a family, there is... There, who knows that in a family, is, nothing's really a secret. Have you ever noticed that? Nothing is really a secret. In my close-knit family, nothing is a secret. My wife knows everything that I've done that whole day before I even get a chance to speak to her because someone's already told her. It's like, Dad let us did this, Dad let us do that, Dad said this, Dad did this, and, and Dad doesn't discipline this one properly, Mum. 
I said he would get a smack. But dad just doesn't follow through. So that's why he's like he is. Sometimes in family, there's just this openness that is just out there. You can't hide. Dad and mum know everything. I think sometimes it's the way the church is. It's, It's a family. It's supposed to be open. There's supposed to be support. There's supposed to be a place where, you know, people can come and, and just sit. Who notices that, you know, sometimes you can just sit at a family, you have dinner together. And when you have dinner together, you know each other. There's conversation, there, there's support, there's openness, there's this whole thing. I believe the church is supposed to be like that. In the book of Acts, they went from house to house. They sat, they broke the bread, they, they remembered who Christ was. The same for us as a family. We come into a place, we break the bread. We, we drink the wine, we remember who Christ is. Family. I love it. In family, there's correction out of love, not rejection. Is the family of God includes all believers in the past, in the present, and all who will believe in the future. I've noticed this, is that I don't love my kids just because they are good. I love them because they are my kids, whether they're good or bad. And that's the same way God works for each and every one of us when it comes to his family. It's how his grace and his mercy works. It's how his grace and his mercy works. But with this family, there is always a place at the table for everyone. There is always a place at the table. Is that at our house, there will always be a place at the table for family, no matter who they are. Is that there will be always a place, if they rock up the last minute, they knock on the door and they say, hey dad, I just want to come in and sit and eat. If extended family comes and they just knock on the door and it's open and say, hey, come sit and eat. The same way with God is is that there there is always a place at the table for you, no matter where you are. And all he says is he says, come, come and eat. Come and sit. But with this family, there is always a place at the table for those that are willing to be a part of it. That's the catch is that we actually have to be willing to be a part of the family. We have to be willing to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. We have to be willing to be part of what God has chosen, His chosen people, which is the church. The invitation to be part of God's family is universal, but there's just one condition. Faith in Jesus. Just one condition is that you have faith in Jesus. His grace and mercy will be shown to you, but you actually just have to receive it. And this is where it comes down to is that God has chosen each and every one of us. The church is God's chosen community, but we actually have to partake of it. We actually have to step in and choose it. We actually have to have faith in God, enable to be part of that 
community. Romans 8, verse 15 and 16, says the Spirit makes you God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my Father. God's Spirit joins Himself to our spirit to declare that we are God's children. As soon as we make that decision, is that, you know what, faith in Jesus, His Spirit joins to our spirit and guarantees that we are children of the Most High God. It comes and guarantees that we are part of the family of God. Welcome, you belong here. For those that are walking off the street that don't have a relationship with God, welcome, you belong here. All you have to do is just believe and accept Jesus Christ. When we place our faith in Christ, we become, God becomes our Father. We become His children. Other believers become our brothers and sisters. And the church becomes our spiritual family. The church becomes our spiritual family. The church is God's community. God's chosen community. In Matthew 12, it talks about the time where Jesus is teaching and he's in this house and there's people everywhere. And someone comes running to Jesus and he says, basically, hey, Jesus, your, your, your mother and, and father are here. Uh, your mother and brothers are here. They're, they're asking for you. They're saying, hey, come. And then Jesus responds in this way. As this guy is sent in to, to beckon Jesus to go and come to his brothers and sisters, Jesus turns and his response is this in Matthew 12, 49. And Jesus didn't respond directly. But he said, who do you think my mothers and brothers are? My mother and brothers are. He then stretched out his hand toward the disciples. Look closely. These are my mother and brothers. Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys my heavenly father's will is my brother and sister and mother. I always remember the saying, blood is thicker than water. But when I opened that scripture up and I I read that, I was like, wow. Actually, it's not. It is not. It is that Christ, he, he, he shed his blood for you and I so that we can have a relationship with our heavenly father. And all he asks is that we fulfill his will. And so when I, when I looked at that, I was like, that's a bit challenging. So to me, what it says there is that God's will is thicker than anything else in this whole world. God's will transcends politics. God's will transcends any, dis, any family dysfunction. God's will transcends any physical It, it transcends everything. And he says this, whoever does the will of my father is my mother and brothers and sisters. Whoever does the will. Which is my second one. Is his cause 
his will. Obedience is thicker than blood. I look at that and I believe this is that we are called to engage our community. We are called to engage our world in which we live for his cause, for his will. Is that I, I, sometimes I think Christians have got it wrong, or the church, or maybe people in general. Is that I have never heard anyone say this to me out in the world, in your workplace. I've never heard someone come up and say, I want to do church like that. Has anyone ever heard that? Anyone had that statement said to them? Oh, I want to do church like that. No. People want to say, I want to do life like that. I, I want to know what you have. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know that. I want to know that Jesus. Because most people, most people won't set foot inside this building. But they'll encounter Jesus through you. They'll encounter Jesus through me. And so the gospel, I believe, has never been dependent upon great preachers. But it's been dependent upon great lives and unknown names that will die with people in ancient plagues or in a modern crisis. Is I believe the church isn't just here just to come and on Sunday in these four walls and just worship. The church is to go out and live out the gospel, live out his will, live out his purpose for each and every one of us. And as we live out that, we will influence our world. We will see heaven come and touch the lives around us. But it actually takes each and every one of us doing the will of God has for each and every one of us. But I believe this, that every now and then, we need to be reminded about his cause. We actually need to be reminded about his will. Bill Hybels, he says this, he says, lost people matter to God, therefore lost people should matter to me. If the common cause is Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came to this earth, why? For the lost. And that loss was for you and I. The will that he fulfilled for his father was to connect heaven to earth. And so if that was his will, God's will still hasn't changed to this day. God's will is this, is that all would be connected to him. All would come into an understanding of who he is. The common cause. Proverbs 21 to 3. In the Message Bible it says this, Clean living before God and justice with our neighbours, mean far more to God than a religious performance. Than a religious performance. Sometimes we get the religious performances down pat. And we can look good. We can look really good on a Sunday. But when it comes to Monday, what are we doing? When it comes to that person in need, are we willing to pull over and help? 
Are, are we willing to stop what's happening in our world and just step outside our world for a moment to engage someone that is in need? In a conversation of, of what we're doing, are, are you willing to engage a person and ask them, how are you? Sometimes we just come to this level where we engage the person with, oh wow, it's a sunny day. Oh, look at that cloud. Well, yep, good, great talking to you. We'll see you next time. And then we move on. We've never actually asked, how are you? I was just talking to someone this morning. And he was telling me how he engaged a guy this week. And he engaged a guy and he's been going through some stuff. And he just said, well, hey, how about I just pray for you? And then he was just telling me that the response that he had from that guy was this. Well, wow, thank you. And then just from that moment, he found out that the guy's parents were Christians. He believed and all this thing opened up. But what happens if he hadn't have just said, hey, how about I just pray with you or pray for you? As a church, we need to realize the will of God for our life isn't just to say hi to people, slap them on the back. It's actually to say, you know what? How are you? If there's a time of need, we're supposed to be the ones to fill that time. We, the church, God's chosen community. The early church, when it was up and going there was an emperor at the time emperor julian and um he actually tried to bring back the old roman gods and and christianity had started to spread through rome and and he decided well you know i i need to bring back the the old roman gods and, and i i love the story as i was reading it so he so he launched a campaign to institute pagan charities um, and, and the only reason he did that was to match the Christian charities. Julian complained in a letter to one of the high priests is that the pagans needed to equal the virtues of Christians for recent Christian growth was caused by their moral character, even if pretended, he writes in a letter. And he says this, he says, they not only support their poor, but they support ours as well. Everyone can see that our people lack aid from us. People will know us by the way we live our lives. The way we live our lives will transform communities, will transform societies, will transform nations. But we actually have to live our lives in order for that to take place. We actually have to step out. We actually have to take hold. His cause. 
church, God's chosen community. Welcome, you belong here. But just don't stay here. Just don't sit. Take hold of the faith in Jesus and move. Matthew 18, 20. And I love we the church, God's chosen community. Because when it comes to God's chosen community, it says that He dwells there. Back to the verse in 2 Corinthians 6.16. It says, I will live with these people, walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. We the church, God's chosen community. I believe this, is that right now He is here. Because we are here. He will be. In Matthew 16, uh, 18, 20, it's where where two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst of them. This is the best thing is that you can be sure right now that He is here. Walking among us. When God is here, when God is there, there's something else here as well. Do you realize that wherever God is, there is healing? Wherever God is, there is provision. Wherever God is, there is wholeness, there is fulfillment. Wherever God is, there is peace, there is love, there is righteousness. Wherever God is, He is here. He is here. How do I know? Because He said. How do I know for sure? Because His Word says that He is here. Is that we are His chosen people. He is here. He lives with you. He walks among us. He is our God. And we are His people. Today. When was the last time You acknowledged He was here. When was the last time you acknowledged He was here? Sometimes we can walk in and out of this place and do church, but tick it off. Tick. That's church. We can walk out and just be the same and not carry on 
or not move in the cause that Christ has given us. But, but we've ticked. We've done our box. And today, He is here. He is here. And this morning, just for the next five minutes, just at the end of the service, I would love us just to stand and just acknowledge that He is here. And as we stand and acknowledge, I just want us to lift our hands, our hearts to God and say, God, come on, walk among us. Just where you are. Lord God, today, we are your people. We're asking today that you'd walk among us. Lord God, we're asking today that you would touch us. Lord God, right now in this moment, you are here. And where you are, God, there is healing. Where you are, God, there is deliverance. Where you are, God, there is peace, there is righteousness. Where you are, God, there is mercy, there is grace. Right now in your life, there is no peace. But where God is, there is peace. Maybe there is financial turmoil in your life, but where God is, there is provision. You just have to take hold of it. The faith to believe. Maybe it's healing. Whatever it is, how about you just ask? Let's say, God, come on. Touch me afresh. Lord God, come and move in my life. Lord God, if I am one of your people, God, I give it to you. Together, perfect love. 
I believe there's some here. You've been going through life, you've been going through this week, and even now you're like, where, where is God? God doesn't seem to be in my situations. God, God doesn't seem to really care about what I'm going through. Well, this morning, I believe this. He's saying, I am there. I am there. Believe I am there. Believe I will come through. Believe I will fulfill the promises that I have for you. Just believe. Just believe. You are my chosen. You are my chosen. And where my chosen are, I am there. I am there. My grace is there. My mercy is there. My healing is there. My provision is there. My fulfillment is there. Just have to believe. Just have to believe. Lord God, I thank you that you are here in this place. That you walk among us. That you dine with us. We thank you, Father. That you are a faithful God. And today, Lord God, don't let us forget You are with us. You welcomed us with open arms. You died on a cross so that we could have a relationship with you. And then, with that connection, as we took up an invitation, as we said yes, we believe on you. You were there. You are there in our life from this day forward. As we are part of your community. As we are citizens of heaven. As we are the family of God. Today, pour out your spirit on each and every one of us. Just while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, I want to ask this question. I don't know everyone in this building. I don't know your relationship with God. I don't even know whether you believe in Jesus Christ. But I would just love to say, if you want, I would love to welcome you into His family. I would love to welcome you and just say, you know what? He wants a relationship with you. But all you have to do is just say, Sam, I want in. I want in. 
All you have to do is just believe in Jesus Christ. Today, the invitation is there. Welcome. If you want to take up that invitation, I just raise your hand just quickly so I know. Or no one's looking. There's one over to the cider. Anyone else? Just a welcome. God, for the decisions made this morning. Lord God, seal it with your spirit. Give them an understanding and knowing that you are there. And Lord God, as they walk this journey out, the Lord, it's just not a, a personal walk, but it's a, a walk that you walk out with those around us, the family, the, the church, the, your chosen community. Today, Father God, seal the decision in their heart. Reveal yourself to them. In Jesus' mighty name.